I never thought this change was going to happen. I didn't think I needed to make a change. I love my life. I was living it up. And, and, you know, and I took out these 45, 50, 55 year old businessmen out there and they're, maybe they're in my predicament. But the thing is, they don't realize it. And they probably won't realize it until they have a major issue. And, and with me, it was a heart issue. Welcome back to another Rest Eat Move podcast. And today is, it's a lucky day for me. So it's a day that I've been looking forward to. And I have one of my all-time best buddies, um, Mr. Marty Hall with me today. And I'm gonna give you a little backstory on Marty. So Marty and I grew up uh, in Lansing and we grew up about five houses apart. And he moved in fourth grade in the, just before the summer of fourth grade and I moved in the summer of fourth grade. So we've known each other, went to Luton Elementary School, Dwight Rich Junior High School, uh, and then Sexton High School. And then he went to off to college to Ferris and he is a Ferris State Bulldog and he's got that logo on his shirt. And he has many, many friends that I've been introduced to by Marty up from Ferris. And again, many close friends along the way. And uh, when he got out of college at Ferris, he had a business finance degree and he went to work for General Motors way back in the day. And I remember his first car, he had this black Tornado and everybody was envious of this amazing black Tornado. He has an amazing family. He's been married to his wife, Patty, for, gosh, how many years now? Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> 30 plus. It's a, it's a while. And then he has three beautiful kids, uh, Ashley, Abby, and Robert. So uh, anyway, it's really exciting to have Marty here today. And the reason we want to talk about podcasts, uh, a couple of podcasts ago, I talked about the secret of change and how do you change the lifestyles? And Mr. Hall and I have been talking for many, many years and doing many things together. And we started talking about more about his health. And so from there, I just want to hand it off to him, give you a little backstory. And then we're just going to have an open dialogue about some of the things he's gone through, which I thought is, I think, very um, advantageous for many people out there that we talk to about how do I change some of these things? Realistically, how do I do it? And so that's why I thought it'd be a good idea to bring uh, Marty in today talking about um, some of the journey he's been on. So welcome, my friend. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a little while. And um, never thought I'd be on a podcast. But <laughs> the more you, at first, I wasn't so sure I wanted to be on a podcast. But then I realized that this may be beneficial for a lot of people that it particularly people that are in my predicament, which was really more alcohol driven than anything else. So um, I'm ready to share what I can try to help someone else. Yeah. And again, I, I think that's what you and I first discussed, like, what would this look like? And I was like, well, just have a conversation about what you've been mm -hmm. going through. I think um, if you go back in time, tell me a little bit about your history and about your health and what your yeah. goals are and things like that? Well, you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, we've known each other, you know, other than Mark Smith, another good friend of mine, you're the longest friend that I've had on the planet. 
and we've done a lot of stuff together over the years. You know, obviously the 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 uh, the sports that we've played, and you know all that kind of stuff has kind of led off to you know what's happening here with me. And you know, I went off to college, obviously, you know, and then we always remained in contact. But then I joined a fraternity in college, and I had some of the best times of my life. And I wouldn't trade those times for anything, to be honest with you. I met some great people. Those are the people that are my closest friends today. And always we had alcohol was always part of the mix. So, um, you know, I'm not a social drinker in the fact that I'm going to come and sit around a bar and have a couple of beers. But when I get together with my buddies, it flows. And it got to the point where it was really affecting my health. My blood pressure was through the roof. Um, I had an angio, the sad part about it is I had an angioplasty or a you know heart catheterization probably about 12 years ago. And that should have been a wake up call. But, uh, you know, you go on with your life, your kids are growing up, you're still running, you're going on golf trips, you're, you're, you're really living your life the way it was. No, no changes. And as you know, I'm an all or nothing guy. Either I put my heart into something or I don't do it at all. And I dabbled around, dabbled around in this thing, and that just doesn't work. You have to, you know, set, a, you know, a target for yourself. You have to be able to, to really have a goal. And then I had a second angioplasty done, and it was a spur-of-the-moment thing when I had short breath around the mall, and I knew something was up. Tried to get into the cardiologist, and it was almost impossible to get into a, uh, see a, a cardiologist in the, uh, the Detroit area without an appointment. So finally, I went to my regular doctor, and he basically turned me around and went to the hospital. I checked in the hospital that night, had, uh, you know, they knew that right then and there they were going to have to do a surgery. And so I'm laying up in that hospital all by myself, COVID, and the light hit that this is not how I should be living. This is, uh, is this my last time I'm going to see my family? I mean, you never know. I mean, once again, you're going through the wrist and that type of thing, but you just never know. And I just felt that there were some changes that needed to be made. And that kind of got us to talking. And that's when it really hit me, is when I came here with my wife. And we sat with you in this room. And you were almost in tears, wondering, what the heck is going on with this guy? This is my business. He's grown up. He knows this stuff. Why isn't he doing it? Mm -hmm. And plus, my daughter's a doctor. <laughs> so right. what am I doing? I got to somehow push myself to where at least I gave it a shot. And then I went into your 90-day challenge. And here we are today. So step back for, let's go back in time just a little bit more. So your father died at but my doubt my father died at 61 years old heart disease and you just turned 64 yesterday correct and so one of the things i was kind of 
laying out there. Like, you know, we talk a lot about your why, you know, what's the driver? And what I got emotional was, is like, I've known you and Patty forever um, and your kids. And I look at like, you didn't really get to share your dad with anybody, right? And so I looked at, sometimes I'm like, okay, I look at, he needs to be able to think about not only his own health and his in his future with his 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 family, but also their their future without you. So that's what I kept. That's what got me emotional. It's like I can't even imagine them not having you in the. And so, so you weren't really as worried about me as you were the family. <laughs> well, you know what's going on lately. Yeah. But the last thing I want to do is a eulogy for you. Yeah, and you've gone I, through a lot of those. I, we've been through that. And so I kept thinking, you know, I don't want to be that guy. And, you know, I, I you know, there, we have some amazing friends. But I thought to myself, enough's enough. I got to say what I what it's in my heart. And I got to mm-hmm. I got to shock him because if I don't say something, I would kind of regret that, you know, forever. So that's why when I got emotional, I was like, I got to tell you what I think. You know, and this is what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. That's what I've done my whole life. So that's what led us to the 90-day challenge. And one of the things you and I talked many times is that you just said it. I'm an all-or-none guy. But I said, imagine if you did a challenge for 90 days. And I go, well, this is really mm-hmm. going to be hard. But I want to I uncover what you could feel like in 90 days. So we'll talk a little bit about the 90-day challenge. Well, the 90-day challenge, um, you know, I, I have never been on a diet in my life, except back in the wrestling days. And that wasn't really a diet. That was just a crash, you know, lose weight. <laughs> We're but, starving uh, ourselves. Not, not good habits. Right. But um, I had never, ever been on any type of a, a plan like that before. So, you know, I had hesitations about it because... You know, I have a, a lot of social activity. Social activity is what kills me. Not the, the eat, the move, the eat. Uh, excuse me, the eat, the move, the rest. It's the drink. And this whole 90 days, the hardest part was the drink. I know that's not one of your four things, but it's part of your eat. But it's the toughest because I was had plans I had some meeting up with uh, some fr- uh, some friends down in Florida. I had my daughter's uh, birthday in Pittsburgh. I had a lot of things going on, so I knew right then I had to basically not not drink at these events, which is was very difficult. I mean, everybody else is having fun, but you know, here I am just you know drinking water. I did try a couple of non-alcoholic beers. But that's that was junk, okay. That did nothing except put calories in the body, okay. So that was the hard part. But I said to myself, "Can I do this? I have to do this. I have to do this for, for everyone that needs me." Right. So I, I I just kept at it. I got through the first month, and that was pretty easy for the most part because. I got through those hurdles of those planned events. But then I was was ducking things. I was ducking doing things with friends because I didn't want to put myself in that temptation. 
I got to get to the 91st. I got to see if I can do it. So I, I, I got there and, um, you know, all the way along the road, I, I felt great. I, I could see my body shaping up. I could see the love handles going away. And a lot of it was driven by drink. Because like I told you earlier, when I drink, I drink a bunch. I drink tons of beers. Right. Okay. It's not, not a mix or anything, but a ton of beers. And so do my handful of buddies that I play a lot of golf with. Mm-hmm. And here we are coming up to summer. So how do we handle that in the future? But that was what was really at the top of my mind is how can I avoid alcohol? So I avoided situations that would put me in that. So now that we're to the 90 days, now how do I adapt? How do I adapt that lifestyle into my life? And I'm still feeling my way. Yeah, so let's stop for just a second. So so during the 90 days, you said that probably the first month was not as difficult. But then as time went on, you started looking at social events. I don't want to be around that. So one of the things I've talked to you a little bit about, so what makes it, so how did you feel when you went to a social event, but you didn't drink? How, how, what, how did you, what was the difference there? Well, you know, I guess you kind of wonder why do people drink? And a lot, and I, and a lot of people drink and maybe most people because they like the way they feel. They may be more relaxed, or maybe they just feel uh, sure, just just more comfortable in the environment, loosen up a little bit. But and it's always it's kind of been that way for me. I mean, I don't need to drink to go have a good time. I'm, I think I pretty much prove that. But it really helps having a couple drinks, especially when your body's trained for it. Right. And I think my body was trained for it. And, um, and it was kind of a, it wasn't like I had any alcohol withdrawals. I never really felt like I was an alcoholic. Even a lot of people can say that. And that's another reason why I wanted to prove to people I wasn't an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's, geez, going through the, you know, the, you know, the shakes and things like that. Um, but I, I thought that it was all handled, um, quite simply by removing myself from these social situations. And then you told me too, like your energy level is better. You wanted to move more. You, you oh. were sleeping better. You know, just everything about it, around it. So you really like the curtain just opened up and like, oh my gosh, I, I feel incredibly, you know, mm-hmm. I don't feel foggy and this and that. And like right. you said, you were probably very conditioned and now you're not conditioned. Well, one of the things that you always say, well, man, you, you, you paid for it, you know, with the drinking. Um, but the next day is, is hell. I mean, especially the older you get, it is hard to recover. And it's almost, in some instances, a wasted day. I mean, you don't do nothing much. And it can really weigh on you mentally to say, and I'm retired now. So it's not like I've got a weekend that I'm blowing a day that I could have had fun because I'm hungover, but it just wears you down physically and mentally. Yeah, and especially as you get older, you're like, I don't want to waste. I want to feel good. Like you told me when I get up in the morning now, I mean, I'm like, I'm I'm refreshed. I feel good. I'm not foggy. You know, it just kind of leads mm-hmm. into that. So, so w- was there any like 
mind games you played with yourself during that 90 days, the self-talk, what was that like? What was the self-talk like? Well, you, a lot of the self-talk uh, was really centered around um, how can I develop habits? How can I do stuff that is going to make me continue? Because it's not the drinking thing. It's by giving that up, how you feel and how you look. And how do I continue to build on that? And oatmeal on the run every day. I crave it now. You know, I'd rather eat dates, figs, stuff like that than without eating. Because once again, the 98-day challenge wasn't just alcohol. Mm, right. It was 95% inside the target. In fact, we were up north that time, and you said this isn't in the five. This isn't in the 95%. Right. Okay. That yeah. that uh, brownie a, is not there. Okay. It was a challenge, right? So, right. But it, it's eating like that, and and it got to the point where I really, really love those foods. You know, I love the snacks. I I uh, I loved uh, my wife is, is always on board. Right. She's she's probably my number one advocate. Yeah, Patty's dialed in. And that's another person who's looking out for my health and I'm letting her down. Um, in fact, she came up to me and she hugged me like 60 to 70 days into it. She said, I haven't been able to put my arms around you and hug you like this in years. <laughs> because, you know, I, right. I, you know, I probably, probably lost 15, 20 pounds and I just um, felt like I, and, and when the 90 days hit, and I made it to 90 days. I was down in Florida, and my daughter was with me. We had a celebratory beer, and I felt really proud of doing that. And my, you know, my daughter and my wife was down there with us. They were also very energetic about what what I had sure. accomplished. But once again, that could all go to go to hell quickly mm -hmm. with more bad habits. So I'm really because I, I I'm not done drinking with my life. I'm not, but I am really tapering it back right to the point where I can have that a part of my life comfortably. So so okay. So you go through this challenge ninety days because ninety days is ninety days. I mean it's it's not thirty days. Ninety days. And so when we, you and I talked, I wanted you to go a period of time where you, I think you would really it wake you up to see how you could feel. That was my intention. Your intention was, can I do this? My intention was, if you can go down this path to a certain level, I think you're going to feel, you're going to crave this probably maybe more than you're going to crave that. So, and you had, and I talked about yeah. that a lot. But one of the things that you mentioned, two words that you kept saying up north when we were up there, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And I don't know how many times I heard that from you. I don't know if you were mocking me. No. But it was, you know, and, it, and I'm thinking, okay. And then you said, how's it going? You, you're checking in with me all the time. Once again, that's about accountability and doing your yep. checks. Yeah, you're doing. I mean, and, um, you know, I was proud to say that I, I was not wandering. Right. But I really, because you you know me longer than just about anybody. Yeah. You know I'm a... Not a dabbler. Mm -hmm. you but know. you said this earlier. I know you. You're very disciplined. And if you decide, then you're going to decide. You finally decided. And one of the things I mm -hmm. said to you a hundred times, hey, bro, we can't be dabbling anymore. Dabbling is over here. 
people dabble all day long. Okay, that's great, whatever. In a small, we talk about baby mm-hmm. steps and one step at a time and all that. But I really wanted you to go full, more full in. And a big part of that was your social drinking. And now you realize like, okay, now coming out of this, as you said, we talked about this, we don't know where this is going to go. And there's so many people out there that it, it, can I can I come bring that back into my world? And you 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 would like to bring it back in the world, but it would be different. Is that what you're thinking right now? I got it's got to be it, different. It will be different. Yeah, it has to be different. It, it has to be because it, it's just going to lead me down that same path, right? And you know, once again, it's it's experimenting and, and understanding, you know, when to do it. And, you know, it's like whether you want to crave a, a piece of chocolate cake. Right. You, you pick and choose your opportunities. Correct. But there was a lot of times when I would just be, you know, drinking, you know, like four or five beers in an hour. The night had just started. I mean, that's just because that was just my, my mantra, really, right. is how I did things. But um, I, I don't. I can't see myself going back to that well, because I, I got some serious issues here with yeah, my health. Right. So okay. we talk about your blood pressure. Uh, you talked about the heart. Um, you know, big part of that's gut health. And if you're drinking too much, you're not going to have good gut health. You're not going to have good sleep. So anytime you drink too much, you're going to have broken mm-hmm. sleep. Especially you're not getting enough REM sleep, which is a big deal for people. Your GFR, which is a kidney function, that's not going to be where we want it to be. So all those things from a health standpoint. But I think the biggest thing I want people to, I want, you know, the people are listening to the right now or watching this is that the hardest part is you had to decide. That's why I kept saying this can be hard mm-hmm. because a week goes by, you're going to be tempted all the time. It could, it's always going to be, whether it's food, Kristen says it's the best. If I'm going to eat chocolate cake, it better be good t- chocolate cake. If I'm going to have mm-hmm. a beer, it better be a good beer. IPAs now for me, and 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 then I need to have a. It, it need to be a better. It need to be a good occasion to do this. I'm not just going to mm-hmm. randomly do whatever. And I love that philosophy because now I can eat or drink or do whatever I have. Now I can pivot that, which makes mm-hmm. it personal to you. So now that the challenging thing is, is for you to figure out what does that look like, and you know probably. And I think everybody's like this to a certain extent. You can never completely, you have to have some bumpers. You have to have some guards along the way. Like, when's enough is enough, right? Yeah, and I don't know exactly what those, my wife is one that will be, she doesn't nag me right. you know, about any of this kind of stuff, but she's concerned. And it's, it's, this can't be a 90-day, okay, I did it. Let's move on to the next thing. Right. And that thing, it was what really hit me was I can't remember it was Ashley or, or Abby, one of my daughters. She said, Dad, we know what's really crazy about this is one of your best friends from life forever does this stuff for a living and he's really good at it. And he's basically people come from all over to see him. You can see him for free. <laughs> and you don't, you know, and we do get together. Yeah. We get together a lot. But right. we've never crossed this bridge. Because you have been around the characters that i around. And you know how tough it may, must really be. I mean, you've seen it firsthand. Sure. Um, but it's... 
it, it's then, something you know and i think the other thing too again reason why i want you to be on this podcast but you know it, you always raise the tide raises the ships go up and so sometimes people can see that it's going to help somebody out there that is struggling with social drinking and they don't they don't know you know and i have some friends that can't drink period you know my dad was one of them you know my dad was an mm-hmm. alcoholic and my dad went to Brighton for six weeks and he came back. And I remember like this third or fourth day he's home and, you know, really proud of him. You know, you know, my father. And um, and he says to me, I think I have to change my circle of friends. And I never thought of it that way, but I don't think you need to change your circle of friends. But he goes, but it puts me in bad environments. I said, well, maybe initially, dad. But then over time, he said it didn't matter who he was around because he'd already made that decision didn't matter what mm-hmm. was invited, you know, he already, but initially he needed to have a little bit more support systems around him. And maybe that's kind of what you're thinking about too, is like my support systems around me, they know what you've been going through. So instead of just kind of, you know, here you go, let's let's pick and choose. Well, well your dad was a uh, socialite. Very similar to the people that I hang around with. For sure. Country club member, you know, business deals, you know, uh, trying to uh, get connections, on and on and on. And I have a lot of friends like that. And I remember when you, you, you made the point of hooking up and doing this podcast. We were talking late at night one night and said, man, this would really help people. And then I thought about it. I wasn't keen on it. You know that. I, sure. you know, I mean, I just. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I thought this could, you know, all the insurance salesmen, the, um, the, the businessmen, the people working deals, the golfers, the, the fraternity folks, you know, all these guys that have basically feel really comfortable with a drink in their hand. Mm-hmm. And it's, for the most part, served them well. And if this can help in some way, you know, for someone down the road, um, how to how to somehow manage that? Because sooner or later, something's going to happen, and it's probably going to be bad. Yeah, and I think the other thing too, you and I discussed is like, you know, everybody has their own life to live, and nobody has to judge or whatever. But the bottom line is, is kind of what do you what do you want that future to look like? How do you feel? You know, do people really feel good? You know, we were asking the question the other day about aging. How many people want to live to 100? Hardly anybody really wants to live to 100 because they don't want it what it looks like. But imagine what it could look like where you have more vibrant health and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So sometimes when you think about the, the social drinking, I look back to my father and all of his circle. And most of the men died. You know, I use the men at this point. But most of them died in their 50s and early 60s. I, had, were, I had two fraternity brothers that were very dear and close to me, died before they were 60 years old. Right. And I, I, I really can't say that alcohol didn't have a part. Right. And, you know, I just lost my brother-in-law at, at 60. So, and I lost my other brother-in-law at 65 and my neighbor at 67. So a lot of, again, we'll go back to men and women, but I think the social drinking thing is, number one, is what's the awareness like? I mean, that's the point of this podcast today, create some awareness around it, that it is possible to to change your thinking about it. And then where it comes in the future, we, we don't quite know. But 
I liked what you said earlier. It kind of experiments. You, you, you try this, you do this. I see what works for me. I can't have my cake and my special occasions, but it better be good cake. Or if I want my beer, it better be the beer I want at mm-hmm. the occasion versus just blindly going in and like, hey, I'm just going to keep drinking and whatever. You know, I remember um, a, a couple years ago, we were at um, my brother-in-law Pete's place at Mullet Lake. And you and I had a beer together. Yeah, it was the first time I've seen you drink a beer in like 10 years. A special occasion. I was hanging out with my buddy yeah. at Mullet Lake. It was, a, you know, I'm not a, I don't really crave beer or alcohol, period. But sometimes I like to have a cocktail. Mm-hmm. But it, it better, like Kristen's philosophy, it better be something. Because I don't really like how I feel the next day. Because I'm not, I'm not conditioned to do that. I've done right. that enough in college, but... At this point in my life, it is. But could you imagine the people who are, who are conditioned to drink 20 to 25 beers? <laughs> and you're talking about one or two? Right. And I tell you, I had a couple of drinks. My daughter came home from Memorial Day for my birthday and I had a couple of drinks. Uh, the next day, it was a, a, a kind of a hangover I wasn't expecting. Right, and just a couple of drinks. Right, and I would never have had a hangover like that 90 days <laughs> right. ago. So it's that conditioning. Now you're conditioned more. And, and we just got done working out. We took a shower. Feel mm-hmm. We feel pretty good, right? So I think that's the whole message today is like, okay, here I was. I had to recognize that maybe to keep going in this path, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be good. And no, who knows what would happen. Mm-hmm. We don't want that to even and a big part of what we talk a lot about is prevention. How do we how do we live the life we want to live, but also live the life you want to live, right? Yeah, I, I when you start looking at the, I never thought this change was going to happen. I didn't think I needed to make a change. I love my life. I was living it up, and then the second angioplasty was basically a laying there with COVID. Nobody in there but me. Right. It's like, what's going on? And I, I and I just think that you somehow somehow have to toll the line. And and you and I talk about these 45, 50, 55 year old businessmen out there, and they maybe they're in my predicament. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they don't realize it, and they probably won't realize it. Until they have a major issue. And, and with me, it was a heart issue. Mm-hmm. And it could be a, a drunk driving. It could be a, an accident. It could be falling downstairs and breaking your neck. It could be a ton of different things because of, you know, the, the, the alcohol consumption. I remember my dad. I remember, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up, but I remember my father... Um, got in a car accident with his tornado way back in the day and he broke his leg. Well, he doesn't even remember being in the car. And that was mm-hmm. then the next, I think a couple of days later, he went to check himself into Brighton hospital, but he was lucky. I mean, he, you know, he could have been killed, but he broke his leg. And I remember later on, that was his, that was his kind of a wake up call. Like, okay, that's, you know, and a big part of that, my um, grandmother kind of intervened too. Like, hey, what are you doing here? You got a young family. You know what? You know, not so much young anymore, but, you know, young enough. So it was kind of a wake up call. But I saw that firsthand mm-hmm. from him. But there was no 
no dabbling for him. He had to stop, and he knew he couldn't go back to that path over time. But, and I think that's the point today is like how many people are out there aware or not don't have the self awareness that maybe they do drink too much, or they could feel a lot better, or maybe they're going down a path where their health is really moving in a bad direction, but they're not quite even aware of it. The blood work looks okay, but they got other lot of signs and signals that something's not moving in a great direction. Well, the, I think the awareness piece that people are missing is maybe it's not you, it's other people that care about you. Right. And if, and if you're continuing down this path, and, and a lot of people can manage it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like everybody who's a has is drinking has. Yeah, to this make, is not make, our. That's make, a, right. That's not our message you know, today. Yeah, I'm talking people who are so in tune to social drinking mm-hmm. that it becomes an absolute big aspect of their life. Right. You get you get together. First thing you do is where's the beer? Right. You know, and it could be ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it could be wine. It could be a a mixed drink. It could be lots of things. But right. But just the awareness that you you know, there's other people that are involved in this besides yourself. Right. And I think one of the good awareness that I have with some of my clients, and we talked in seminars or whatever. But could you go? Could you go thirty, sixty, ninety days without alcoholic beverage? And you didn't know if you could do that or not. And now you do. in the back of my mind, I knew I could. I really did. I wouldn't probably like, I wouldn't sign up to do 10 perfect push-ups. Okay? <laughs> Not the way you count them. No, but okay? you know, that, but that was really the, uh, well, okay, 90 days. 90 days is going to be hard. You know, you know, to be fair now, just, you know, the 90-day challenge. And if you, if you read Chris's book, the 90-day challenge is a lot more complex than I made it. Okay, I called it the 90-day challenge because I had my own parameters around it. Correct. And I, I said, I can't go off the deep end. You got to take a bite at a time. So I didn't do a lot of the absolute crazy workouts that are part of that. I did them, but I wasn't as religious as Yeah, but that wasn't, that wasn't really our challenge. That wasn't part of mine. No, that really wasn't my challenge for you. My challenge was the alcohol. Mm-hmm. That was the challenge. Do you remember when you were talking to me in this room we're in right now, you said, when do you want to start? You got to make a commitment. When do you want to start? And yeah. I said, how about Monday? And you said, well, so soon. I said, let's get going. Right. Summer's coming. Yep. It's February 14th. But, I, but again, I, I wanted you to decide this is the day that I'm doing it. And you kept mm-hmm. working backwards, you know? 90 days. I got yeah. 77 days under my belt. I got 83 days under my belt. You kept working backwards, and that's the key. I think for many people, they have to decide. That is a mm-hmm. big, what do you want? And, and understand what you just said. There's so much outside of people they don't understand. There's, there's so many out, things outside of people they don't understand until they're gone. They really don't. And it's a, it's a thing that we try to uncover all the time, but... You know, people are needed in your life, and sometimes they're not. You know, they're not being told that. You know, as I talk about, sometimes I talk mm-hmm. about my dad, and, you know, I told him all the time how much I loved him, but I rarely told him how much I needed him. And I think that's what you're, you know, I, that's what I got emotional with you in this room. I'm like, you, you, got, you got four people in your world that are counting on you all the time. And then yeah. there's probably other people in that world on top of all your friends. I mean, you have amazing 
uh, really close friends. And I always told you this, a friend is a gift, a present you give yourself. You have a lot of good mm-hmm. presents, right? So, so obey. And again, you've lost some really close people in your life. At uh, one of my, one of my best friends, best friends. Yeah. Eulogy at a funeral. I yeah. mean, at, you know, yeah. 50, he's probably 50 years old. I mean, yeah. You and E, I remember that. Want. I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, you see the, the stuff that goes around that. So, all right. So as we wrap this up, I want, I want to, I want to keep this conversation going. I'll let the, the listeners and the viewers know how my buddy's doing. So we'll, I will report back, Hey, this is what I'm doing, how I'm doing, mm-hmm. whatever. We'll keep that going. Is there anything else you'd like to share with a couple of parting thoughts? Anything you want to share before we sign off today? Well, you know, I kind of think I hit most of it. Um, there was one, I, I, I had a thing on my desk at work when I was, you know, still at General Motors. And it was a, a thing that my daughter had given me. And it, it, this is the type of thing, I, and I looked at it every day. To the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. And when you start thinking about that, there's people that, counting on you and if you're not making efforts to somehow be there for them then you've missed the boat you're not thinking right and I think that it's unfortunate that it had to come to a second uh, heart catheterization to really you know maybe I was lucky to be able to have that opportunity maybe Mm -hmm. it was a good thing to happen but it shouldn't have to come to that. It shouldn't have to come to a life or death situation before you make changes in your life. And I think the big thing you said earlier too, it's it's building these habits along the way and that's the goal moving forward is what new habits is the big fella gonna be taking? Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is my new habit is I'm gonna be much more aware of events and you know what I'm doing and I- make, and make sure it's the good stuff in a in a in, a, in an environment mm-hmm. that that's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me today. Man, you were awesome. You rocked the house today. So yeah. again, thanks for joining cuz I think it's I think this conversation doesn't happen enough. You probably don't deal with too many drinkers, do you? On your job? Pretty I mean, much. Most people who drink probably aren't totally it, into it, the working it's, out. It's it's, in, it's incredible. Because a lot of people think they can out exercise or, you know, they have certain buckets. That's why we're really promote proponent of the resting, eating and moving. And a lot of people work out hard, but then they play hard and they're not getting enough mm-hmm. sleep or they're not, you know, they're drinking too much alcohol or whatever it might be. So it's a little bit. Of, it's it's make sure you get in those buckets. So when you say they're, they're not those people, it's our world. If you look mm-hmm. everywhere we go alcohol is a big deal and we can that's not our goal today it's like not anti-alcohol the goal is to be have the awareness that is it inflicting havoc to my life am i living my best life you know we talk about you know the mantra of the book is you have the power to feel your best we want people to feel their best and when they feel their best they are their best and that's really and that could be part of it that's that lifestyle so Anyway, thanks for... All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, checking in, and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us.